If you're looking to start a podcast and already have a podcast and you're looking for an affordable podcasting hosting site, Podbeam is your number one choice. Podbeam offers statistics with in-depth analytics to manage your podcast needs. Use the promo code podbeam.com slash pbsignup and get a free month off. That's podbeam.com slash pbsignup to get a free month off and see why 1,500 episodes have been shared all over the world in the past 11 years with over 3,000 subscribers that have chose Podbeam as their number one hosting site. Podcast City Network. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Everett Lee Show. What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Everett Lee Show podcast. I am the Everett Lee. I want to give a shout out to everyone who follows me on social media and, of course, Podcast City Network's official host of the Everett Lee Show podcast. I want to apologize for my guest that was originally supposed to be on tonight, Ty Asbury from Between the Ropes Radio. We have rescheduled for next Tuesday night, so be sure to check that out in the posting when the times and the stream and everything in between there. But tonight, I got a great guest here, man. One of my favorite guests I've had on the podcast. Tonight, I have none other. Standing by in quarantine is none other than film director and producer Jeremiah Kemp. How are you doing there tonight? Doing good, man. I mean, you know, quarantine today. I watched uh, Escape from New York and Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, so wow. I'm, uh, in, you know, watching the classics. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I, I feel that a lot of people, they're catching up on a lot of things that they have not <laughs> been able to catch up on here lately, you know, <laughs> with uh, everything that's going on, everyone being in quarantine. Yeah. Being at home and stuff, uh, I know it's. Right. I know it sucks for like everyone right now. But um, as you, as a film director and producer, uh, what's been going on since the last time I talked with you when I had you on, and how how are you handling things with this quarantine as a film director? Well, last time we talked, I was uh, about to enter into pre-production on a, a feature film to be shot out on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And I was really looking forward to it because we finished shooting um, my previous feature, Slapface, last year. Yes. So that's all in post right now. We're still editing that film. So quarantine hasn't changed anything with that. It's still being edited. We did a assembly. We test screened it. We're going back in and recutting uh, Act 1. Uh, it's all looking really great. Uh, the editor, the producers, and I are all on the same page with the material. It's really great to have something to do while we're in the middle of this uh, international crisis. Right. Uh, So, you know, because every day being on the front line of this thing, you know, living in New York, which is the heart of the pandemic in the United States, it's very good to be able to work on a project that you're passionate about and step away from the chaos of the world for a little while and make something creative. So Slapface is still in post, and that's all going forward, and that feels really good. But all the projects that I had going on in April, May, June, everything got pushed. Wow. The biggest thing was the feature, which was an action horror movie with a good budget, 
interesting lead actor attached. And, you know, we're all, like, developing special effects, and we're, um, you know, having the West Coast people scouting locations and stuff. And then all that stuff got shut down. One of the producers is international. He can't even leave his country right now. Wow. You know, so he, like, basically all the funding is temporarily, you know, it's not, like, destroyed, Uh but it is, like, pushed. Everything is pushed. And we're not, and he's not gonna start throwing down, you know, pay for pre-production stuff, like developing special effects stuff, until we know exactly when we can start. Like if we can start at the end of May, that's a different story than if we have to start at the end of June or July. You know, it's like a lot depends on it. Like there's a huge crew, the actors attached to it. Are they available during the dates? What are the dates? We don't even know. So, uh, so all that stuff is in limbo, and there's really nothing to be done about it. You know, uh, like you know, one of the producers said, "Well, why don't you just shot list?" And I, I can do that. You know, I mean, I have been. I've been yeah. shot listing, but it is a little bit like a creative writing assignment until things are a little bit more firm about what's going to happen next. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, so it's very weird to be not knowing when you're actually going to be doing the thing that you were hired to do. Uh, And, you know, like making a movie in the grand scheme of things is not as important as facing off an international health crisis. You know, it's like the the doctor, I mean, a friend of mine, I have this friend, uh, She's a, an actress. She's 21 years old, 22, really young person. And she's one of those people that, like, kind of doesn't quite know what she wants to do with her life. It's kind of like, oh, am I going to be an actor? Oh, well, she was, like, a nurse's assistant. Uh-huh. Just as a, maybe I'll try that out and see what's going on. And now she's, like, working at the hospital, like, every, you know, every day or every other day doing overnights. Yeah. Uh, you know, and sending me messages saying stuff like, yeah, six people died in my ward last night. We don't have enough gloves, you know, shit like that. Yeah. So that puts the, my movie was postponed into perspective. I'm not, you know, when, when I put on a mask and gloves and go outside is not the same thing mm-hmm. as putting on a mask and gloves and goggles and the whole doctor's outfit. Right. And uh, trying to save people's lives like older people who are at risk or people with uh, chest problems that are at risk. But the thing I'll say about this actor is that she was kind of not sure what she wanted to do with her life. And this, this uh, pandemic has given her an incredibly strong sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. So what I try to do is just offer her complete unconditional support. Right. You know, to let her know that I'm thinking of her, that I care about her, that she's a wonderful person that what she's doing is important and that it's all worth uh, the pursuit of it. Uh-huh. Now, to my friends and my colleagues who work on movies and television and stuff like that, you know, it's like there's something, you know, it's like what are, what do people do when they're shut up and self-isolating? They're watching Netflix. They're watching movies. They're watching, they're listening to music. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're playing board games and they're like talking to their families and doing all this other stuff. But like, mm-hmm. But the arts are a huge source of comfort, 
in times of uh, crisis. I remember I grew up with my grandparents, and uh, they lived during the Great Depression. Right. And I remember that my grandfather was always very passionate about horror films. And when he saw King Kong and Frankenstein and Dracula and the Wolfman, uh-huh. it was a way for him to get his mind off of living through the Great Depression and not having enough food. You know, uh, like these monsters allowed him to step outside of his own reality for a little while and be entertained by something that was beyond. Uh, and I think that movies, I mean, for me right now, like in this time of not being able to do much, mm-hmm. you know, like exercise, you know, at home is great and like cooking food is great, you know, but, um, but it's been a great source of comfort watching movies Right. And uh, the stuff I've been watching a lot lately have been like B movie stuff. Like I was watching a lot of Vin Diesel movies. I was watching uh, all the Chronicles of Riddick and yeah. Pitch Black. And then lately I've been on a Jean Claude Van Damme kick, watching like Bloodsport and Lionheart, which I love. I mean, those movies are fantastic. It's yeah. I haven't seen those movies in a long time, and I was reminded why Van Damme became a star. Uh-huh. He's so different. I mean, like, you know, Schwarzenegger and Stallone were the big action heroes in the 80s. Yeah. And Van Damme was so peculiar. You know, he had that weird accent. I mean, he had a high-pitched, weird voice. <laughs> and uh, and then when he's, like, in Bloodsport, like, the moves that he's... I mean, that movie is, like, there's no plot. It's really just, like, nonstop fighting. Right. And you see him move, and you're just, like, dazzled by his abilities. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's and his and he's weirdly sensitive and vulnerable in the scenes where he's not fighting, which is very European of him. Yeah. So movies, <laughs> you know, I'm not looking down my nose at what we do when I'm talking about the nurses and doctors and the people in the grocery stores who are all being exposed to the virus every single day. Yeah. But for everyone else who's like bored and shut in and trying to do their civic duty and the, and trying to help their fellow people by staying indoors and quarantining it's like entertainment stems off the boredom and keeps the mind active and stuff like that so yeah so i i I don't negate what i do for a living you know it's like all that stuff is on hold but yeah um but i've always thought that movies were a great source of comfort and especially now, like when I'm when I'm looking for comfort, I'm looking at John Carpenter and Vin Diesel and Van Damme, which really <laughs> matters. The other thing I've been doing to answer your question is uh, uh-huh. uh, there are all these actors who have nothing to do, right? And because uh, they can't act in films or plays or audition, I mean they can maybe audition for something, but they don't know when it's going to be, right? And they're all like, "What do I do with my talent?" I was thinking about that, and uh, my, I was talking to a singer, songwriter, filmmaker friend of mine named Lindsay Cat, who, uh, and we were just like, "What? What? How can we put these people to work? Like, what can we do? There has to be some way that we can, you know, we have cellular phones, and we and we know editors, we know musicians. I'm sure that we can get people to self-tape something on their phone, yeah, and then send it into our editor and cut it together." and then drop in some music and make a film. Right. So, um, so we did an experiment with, uh, we, you know, like 
for years, I always kind of wanted to get a group of actors together and do Edgar Allan Poe's The Bells and cut together like 20 different actors doing it. Uh-huh. And uh, But it's, for various reasons, I never did. And uh, and then here we are, stuck at home with nothing to do. And I was, you know, like, how do we use this? To, you know, how can we create something anyway? And I was like, well, that Bells project, you know, it's like, let's do that. So we, uh, so I got, you know, so I put it out on social media saying, like, if anybody wants to act in this thing, let me know. I was thinking maybe five or six people would want to do it. And within like 20 minutes, there were too many people, you know, like we, we had more people that wanted to get involved than we could actually use in the piece. So we got like 20 people to tape and then we wound up using, I think, like 13 of them. Uh-huh. Uh, we had to cut a lot of people. There was just no room for everybody. Right. And uh, we put it on Facebook and Instagram and Vimeo and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and it turned out pretty good. I mean, like, it was a pretty entertaining little piece. And it was a good beta test for yeah. uh, for what we could do. So now I've got, like, two more of them in post, like, being edited right now. Like, one was a, a script that was written by a writer named Susan Nolan, a very dark story uh-huh. called Jumper that we're going to hopefully put out. Uh, early next week right and then there's another poetry film just because those are so easy to do it's more romantic love poem because i was like all right i think people also need a little bit of love right now and maybe like let's give them something like that because like i did two very dark pieces and Uh let's do one that's a little bit but even that one like kind of has because of where everybody's coming from yeah it's a love poem but it has kind of a dark undercurrent like when you're like the way that the actors interpreted it because everybody's in a pretty dark mood right now and kind of yeah pretty dealing much. with feelings of isolation and sadness and fear all that stuff went into this love poem so that one kind of feels dark too <laughs> uh, so you know like while yeah. so while we're in 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 doing this and I'm in my apartment unable to work with a group of people in pre-production making a feature film or whatever Right. I am able to get like a group of actors together with their cell phones and tape a little thing and put it out there on social media. Yeah. And it's, and the actors have derived great comfort for it from it. They've all said that doing these pieces, they're allowed to channel in all the stuff they're going through right now mm-hmm. into this drama. Right. You know, which is a very healthy way of uh, dealing with um, crisis. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're all dealing with a lot of internal shit right now. You know, like yeah. this is stuff where like, as we go through our day, we go through a wave of emotions uh-huh. all over the place. I know I myself, yeah. like, you know, I might wake up in the morning and be in a phenomenal mood and be like, ah, today I'm going to do all sorts. And then like, I might hit thresholds of boredom and sadness and anger. Yeah. And then I might fall back into being excited again about working on this stuff. Like, yeah. you know, uh, working creatively. Um, that's where I'm at right now. It's a very long answer to your question, but it's like, you know, while we're unable to do anything, mm-hmm. I just believe in the power of being creative. And I like group activities. It's one, one of the reasons I got into filmmaking. Right. So I don't credit myself as director on these things I'm doing right now. I just say produced by Jeremiah, you know, and, and get these people together because there's nothing, I mean, I can't direct it, you know, it's like yeah. I can only yeah. cast it. Mm-hmm. and suggest things and, and then let, let people run with their creativity. And for the most part, people's imaginations have been incredibly wild and, and ready to play. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You, you sound, you sound, you sound like you've been, you've been really busy, which is, which is great. And I think I, I agree with everything that you uh, 
said right there because I feel that with everything going on, people trying to occupy their time and there's stuff that they can find and discover, which they probably didn't know was out there or they had time to actually go back like yourself, go back and watch Jean-Claude Van Damme movies and Vin Diesel. I. I remember you po- posting up the, uh, you watched the uh, Pitch Black, the Chronicles of Riddick. Oh, and, yeah, Pitch and, Black is so good. Yo, yeah, yeah, Pitch Black. Man, when that, when I first heard about that movie coming out back mm-hmm. in 1999 or 2000, I said to myself. Hey, yeah, 2000, yeah. Yeah, I said to myself, I said, this movie looks like it's going to be good. And then, of course, yeah. at the critics at that time were like, this movie sucks. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I, so I rented it. At um, the local video store back when you still rent movies, went and bought. Oh right, yeah, yeah. I've rented the VHS of Pitch Black. The cover looked was like just awesome. So, so I took it home, watched it, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, the I was amazed by special effects and the story, and I just. I just loved how Vin Diesel's character, just his response to everything. It's like, where's Tombs? Which half? You know, it's yeah. just great. <laughs> oh, the dialogue is so good. Yeah, it's so the dialogue faulty. is so good. Yeah, yeah. It is like um, I like when he's walking with a group of people in Pitch Black, mm-hmm. and he's behind. And the in the one uh, the uh, the artist of uh, the uh, French the French guy drops that bottle of right. wine, and he picks mm-hmm. it up and he and introduces himself, and he's like Richard B. Riddick, serial killer. <laughs> Just, I, I love that stuff, man. I just, I just love oh, that stuff. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite scene is uh, they're they're walking through, and uh, Tomb says, "How does it look?" And Vin Diesel goes, uh, "Looks clear." And they're about to go, and a monster jumps out of them and then goes away. He's like, "I thought you said it, I thought you said it was clear." I said, "I said it looks clear." Well, how does it look now? Looks clear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love that. I love the dialogue in that and stuff. It's, it's really good writing. Yeah, it, yeah the guy who wrote the the guy who wrote the fugitive. Great writer, David Toey. Uh, really talented, and uh, Pitch Black was kind of his baby. It was one of his first directing jobs. Really great. Yeah, yeah, I, I loved, I loved how I loved how that it was shot, just with the. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the special effects and just how just they they did things and you had those pop out moments and stuff and just just the actors the actors were great man the actors great. were great great cats and one one of the things that Vin Diesel and uh, the the character John what uh, oh yeah John that's great they're both in the Fast and Furious uh, franchise because the character John played the villain in Too Fast Too Furious. Remember oh, that? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. John's yeah. the villain. I forgot about that. Yeah, John's the villain. Yeah, he played the villain in Too Fast, Too Furious, and of course, Vin Diesel has been, been not uh, in it. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't in it. That's the only one out of all like eight films or nine films that they mm-hmm. have that he's not been in. Was that one there? But Chronicles yeah. Rick. I thought that was a pretty neat take there, what they did with that. They had some pretty good lines in that one, I really like that movie. Yeah. I love Problems of Riddick. I, I thought it was uh, unjustly panned. You know, I thought it was a great space opera with a great, amazing cast. Uh, Carl Urban from from Dread and Tandy Newton from Westworld, an amazing cast. Yeah. 
great script. I mean, like it was just a wild ride. Like it was a big budget, like, a bigger budget, like super galactic thing. And I don't know why audiences didn't click with it. I thought it was fantastic. I was like, yeah, bring on like more Riddick films. Yeah. Uh, they had a couple of PS4 games for uh, for Riddick that were pretty good. And uh, oh yeah. Uh, and then and then the Riddick uh, sequel happened a few years later with a much lower budget, but still a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have the I have the uh, the animated Fury one, Dark Fury, that filled in I never the gap. Saw that one. I gotta check that out. You haven't seen it? No, I never saw Dark Fury. You know, I've I've oh. seen everything else in the Riddick uh, storyline. Yeah, but not that one. But Dark- I want to. It looks great. It is. It is. It and the way they did the animation with the Japanese animation for that, if mm. um, it it kind of it bridges. It's a little short story that bridges when they get off the planet at the, you know at the mm-hmm. end of Pitch Black when they get off the planet. It shows yeah. what happens when they're they get off the planet and uh, what happens to, uh, right before the Chronicles of Riddick starts. It's a little, oh, little cool. it, it fills in the gap there, like what happened and the and they got of course Vin Diesel and um, the actor and actress who voiced their animated character and. Some of the characters, a couple of the characters that you see in animated Dark Fairy, you get to see them in Chronicles of Riddick, like the bounty hunter. Um, that's the bounty like, hunter guy. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember his name, but either, uh, and it's been forever. He's since. a fantastic character, though. You know, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I remember him really well. Like he's, you know, I remember it's like I should have taken the money. That guy, I know. I should have taken the money. I should have taken the money. Yeah, he was great, and uh, yeah, put on a fresh pair of panties. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I like how in that in Chronicles of Riddick how they drop Butcher Bay, and of course the video game. Yeah, 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 which is an amazing game. I have that. I have that. That's that's yeah, and uh, those games were really well cast too. And one of them, Ron Perlman shows up, and the other one, Lance Henriksen shows up as a voice. It's I mean, really, yeah, surprisingly well cast for one of these games, which is really cool. Yeah, it 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 surprised me because I know Butcher Bay first came out on the Xbox, uh, the Xbox One. That's right. And then it um, was out there for a while. Then PlayStation got a hold of it. Sony did and put out Escape from Butcher Bay and uh, I forget the net. The The other one. Yeah, the other one. So I have that. Yeah, Dark Athena, I think it was called. Dark Athena, yeah. Yeah. I have both of those for the PS3, and I played the hell out of them. I liked sneaking up Mm -hmm. behind people and just... Taking them and just dragging them into the shadows, man. That stuff was great, man. You could creep around, you know. It was that stealth great. game, and it, it took some time to do it too because I was trying to. On one of the levels, you had to get a trophy. Where if you got an achievement, the trophy for like not getting seen or doing anything, which was real hard. Right. I spent hours trying to do that, and I finally, I finally ended up doing that. But Amazing. yeah, I, yeah, I I love. Yeah, I love I love that trilogy. I love that franchise there with what they did. Yeah, I know that I know that Vin Diesel loves it too. Um, no, he keeps trying to make more of them. I mean, I know that they have their cult audience, and including us. Uh, I would love to see more Riddick films. I know that he keeps trying to branch out. I guess he's got that Witch Hunter series right now, which I haven't mm-hmm. seen yet. He wants to do more of those. Uh, so I don't know. I, mean, I think Vin Diesel's heart is totally in the right place with these kind of films. I think he loves cool 
interesting, weird genre films. And, you know, it's tough because, like, some of these movies, like, the audience doesn't catch up with them until many years later. Yeah. Like, John Carpenter's The Thing was a box office failure uh-huh. in 1982. And now everybody regards it as a classic, which it is. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I do think that these Riddick movies, I hope that they are regarded someday as uh, these wonderful, fantastic B-movie offerings because uh, I think they're great. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I mean, you know, I, I really applaud Vin Diesel for keeping, for trying to push the envelope continually and, you know, trying to find new ways of telling these stories. Yeah, I, and of course, everyone's guilty pleasure, of course, is the Fast and Furious. I mean, no one, uh, yeah. no Fast one can s- go to guilty pleasure. Yeah, it is. It is when when they first showed when they fir- when they showed the trailer for the first Fast and Furious movie back in two thousand one, <laughs> and when I saw Vin Diesel, I was in the theater there uh, watching a movie at the time, and they showed the trailer for it. And, uh, and I, I leaned over to my friend, and I'm like, look. I was like, it's a guy from Beach Black. It's a guy from Beach Black. <laughs> and he's like, what? He's like, he's like, what What movie? And I was like, Pitch Black, you got to see that, man. He's badass in it. He's going to be badass in this one, man. <laughs> and he was. He was. I mean, the, the first one the first one was just great, you know? I mean, with... Yeah, the first one is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I've watched many of them. I, I you know, I... I, I like once the rock showed up, I thought it got good again. But uh, I, I haven't seen the last like couple, so I have to catch up. My, I, I'm, I'm not up to speed on all my Fast and Furious movies. I know one of them like there's some submarine that comes out of the ice or something like that. Like next time there'll be in outer space or something. Who the hell knows? <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be sitting there. They're gonna be racing. They're gonna sit there and be racing probably like spaceships or something. You know? Right. Yeah, Fast and Furious. They're gonna go to outer space eventually. It's like uh, Leprechaun in space. Friday the 13th part 10 Jason X is in space you know <laughs> they all gonna get there eventually I never <laughs> I never did watch uh, it's funny you said I never did see Leprechaun in space I never did see that not missing anything buddy <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good I'm not missing I'm not missing anything there with that but um, what's a what's another movie? oh yeah I, I had my wife today I was telling her about this one movie, and I said, you have to see this movie because it's suspenseful. The beginning gets me really hard because mm-hmm. I'm a parent, but oh. when the when it starts going and it's just, it it's good. It's just a great suspenseful, keep you on your toes movie, and I'm talking about A Quiet Place. I watched that, had my wife oh, watch that with yeah. me today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that was that was something right there. I just edge of your seat, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The the beginning of it really hurts me because with when uh the, oh, kid, yeah. in the, in the kid in the ship, man. And the the guy that uh the father, I forget his name, but I love him in the office. I love the office. The yeah, great actor. The office. Yeah, he I guess he he directed the movie. Um if I He sure did. He he yeah. did a fantastic job directing it and um That's I just quality it it is. It is. And there's really little dialogue in the movie, you know? It's yeah, it's something that's it's very visual. Mm-hmm. I mean like and then you're listening all the time, you know, you're constantly like trying to like listen for everything that's going on because it's, there's so little dialogue, which I think is riveting. Yeah, really smart filmmaking. Yeah, it, there's it's almost like reminds me of Castaway a little bit because there's little dialogue in that yeah. movie when he was on the island. Good mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I think about Castaway a lot actually because 
you know, I, I've, I've, I always thought it was a good movie, but like, uh, you know, living in self isolation, you kind of want like a soccer ball with like a bloody handprint on it. It's a talk to, you know, it's like, I can totally understand that movie now with like Tom Hanks talking to Wilson, like the whole time. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you definitely want, you know, if you're by yourself, you definitely want to take an inanimate object and like make a friend out of it because you're like, so, you know, you'll go stir crazy otherwise, you know, which, which is really fascinating. Uh, yeah, I've thought a lot about Wilson the soccer ball ever since this uh, pandemic has kicked in. Yeah, yeah, I, I bet. Um, what what is it? My my job that I do my nine to five job. I work at uh, work work almost like a at a uh, re a thrift store for uh, mm-hmm. the company I work for, which um, is almost like Goodwill, but not. But yeah, we we've been closed, so I'm in there some days by myself. And I'm mm-hmm. working and sorting things and stuff. I got music blasting yeah. and everything. And uh, my coworkers that I know, they're like, um, they're because they're they're in other areas working. And yeah. they're like, so what'd you do today? I was like, well, what I normally do, put stuff out and everything and stuff. I so I almost went up, got the mannequins and staged them around like uh, Will Smith, <laughs> like <laughs> I am Legend, <laughs> and had people just to, just to talk to someone because it gets quiet in there, you know. And you get the mm. some days when I when I was working by myself, I got the radio blasting. I'm blasting out to everything, and then and then I just like I don't want to hear the radio. I just want quiet, just to concentrate. And then it is mm. like I almost just take the mannequins and setting them up all over the place, <laughs> just having like you know like Will Smith from I Am Legend. He walks into the video oh, store. Totally. <laughs> that's totally. what it, almost what I felt like doing but then um that that came to a halt this week um so I'm pretty much um I have pretty much a lot of time on my hands and then uh my oh, wife yeah. my wife let me know she's like well since you're gonna be around the house more um here's a list Oh man! Yeah. I thought I was Santa Claus there, you know. I was like, she's like, she's like, well, you're not gonna stay on that computer all day. I was like, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, of course I'm gonna be putting content out there though. But uh, we we compromise, so I think that of I think course. that works right there. So I told oh, yeah. her, I said, I'm gonna stay on a schedule like I've normally have been. Like mm-hmm. nothing's happened. I'm still gonna stay on a schedule. Get up the same time. Fix my cop uh, pot of coffee in the morning. Sit down on the computer. Go through update stuff. Check out stuff. And then mm-hmm. when I'm done, like today, I was sitting there blasting on my um, on my CD player. I got a one 101 CD disc changer. I was mm-hmm. blasting a, a band that I like. Uh, I discovered on uh, one of the rock band Guitar Hero games called uh, mm-hmm. uh, the band's called The Sword. I was listening. Uh-huh. I was jamming out to The Sword today, and then after um, it switched over to the next CD, all of a sudden Queen comes on. All of a sudden, I hear um, just it's funny everything going on and stuff. The song I hear, I wanna break free. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling oh, I was I was telling people I said I said a lot of people on when I jam blast out my music on Sundays um and just crank it my neighbors love the music so much that they throw a brick through my window so they can hear it even better 
but I'll tell you one thing. One thing I've 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 come across. Uh, I have Pluto TV. You ever heard of Pluto TV? Um, heard of it? Yeah. It's uh, they got like certain channels for different genre of stuff. And mm-hmm. they had one MTV channel called the Guy Code. It's mostly the like guy stuff for MTV. Well, yeah. here sometimes late at night they play a whole marathon of Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been watching this week. I've been binge watching a lot of episodes of Beavis and Butthead. Man, that because uh, I grew oh, up. Oh man, that. <laughs> dude, that's pretty pretty cool stuff. No, I always thought they were really great. Yeah. They get under your skin in a good way. I, I love people somebody. I think they're hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Queen reminds me. I just watched, uh, like, I guess it was a week ago. I watched uh, Highlander one and two again, yes. and I'd forgotten that Queen did the soundtrack. Uh-huh. Um, and then you know, I'm watching the movie, and like, it's like, how does it get any better than this? The movie opens with professional wrestling. Yes, my favorite. And then, like, a couple minutes later, these two guys are sword fighting in a parking garage with the sprinklers going. And then and then you're in uh, the Highlands of Scotland. And throughout, like, Queen is playing. You know, and you're like, how does it get any better than this? So, you know, like, Highlander is fantastic. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, let me revisit Highlander 2. And things go right down the shitter immediately with that one. I mean, it's like... Uh, it's like you just wonder what it was what pre-production was like on Highlander 2 it's like what like the story is just in shambles it's like Sean Connery somehow is back yeah uh, even though his character got killed off like hundreds of years ago Uh, and you know they're aliens now or some shit like that I I don't know no sense yeah, it it made no sense. The way I look at Highlander two, Jeremiah, mm. is that it's the it's the redheaded stepchild of the franchise of the movies mm-hmm. that you 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 know it's there, but you don't acknowledge it. You know it's right. there. <laughs> yeah, I acknowledged it, and that was my first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> now I, do I haven't ha- seen that movie since it, I saw it in the theater when it came out, and I remember hating it because we all like my friends and I were all excited probably Highlander 2 we all loved the first one yeah and we hated it and this is the second time I've seen that movie I was like how bad could it be you know it's like and yeah oh man it's a real turkey yeah but not even the Queen songs can save Highlander 2 no 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 (laughs) no no (laughs) Freddie Mercury can't save it with his amazing vocals he can't do it it. (laughs) he can't do it it was like um anyone who's collected the movies you 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 know they have Highlander too just because they're the set it's one of those it's like okay you got the whole set and you got Highlander 2 kind of like in the back like right there and it's like Highlander 2 no that's not (laughs) I have I have all five movies. I have all five mm-hmm. of them. Um, they, a lot of people don't know that's not if they have not kept up with the franchise is they did make a fifth one that had um, uh, from the TV show Adri- uh, Adrian Paul. That guy, yeah, yeah. Adrian Paul. Yeah, mm-hmm. they had one with him and Christopher Lambert in it. Uh, was that number four or five? I'm not even sure. I saw that one. 
Yeah, but, it's, uh, it was uh, number four. Number four, in game. Highlander in game. It yeah, it had Adrian Paul and Christopher yeah, both Christopher Lambert in it. Um but you know what out of that franchise, since you brought up Highlander, what gets me is that um uh the villain in the first one, the Kurgan, Clancy yeah. Brown. That's Brown. He's the voice of Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob. What? Oh my god, I did not know that. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, that's what gets me. That's what gets me. That gets me. That's yeah. And I I, I, I had love, no idea. You didn't know he was Mr. Krabs? No, I didn't. No, I know he does a lot of voice work, but I didn't know he was on SpongeBob. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's Mr. <laughs> he's freaking Mr. Krabs. And when I heard he was Mr. Krabs, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, really, this guy? Are you freaking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, Kurgan is the voice of Mr. Krabs because that blows my mind. Yeah, I, what's funny is I'm waiting on I'm waiting on like an episode of SpongeBob where. Where this like SpongeBob comes up, Mr. Krabs, I got a, um, I got a Krabby Patty or Mr. Krabs, something happens, and all of a sudden he, he t- he's like, you know, like the line, my favorite line in Highlander, the first one is when uh, the prostitute walks in his room, I'm Candy, and he's like, of course you are. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he's just, he's just, he's so great in that in the Highlander oh, man. He crazy. He's, he's been in a lot of movies. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank and Starship Troopers. Yeah. So many movies. I know. No, that, dude, that dude has an amazing career. Yeah, he's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's 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 done a lot of movies, man. I I love I love all the stuff that he's been in and what he's done. Uh, oh, he's so but, but the Highlander, I, that's going to make me want to go back and visit that. Um, have you... Oh. Uh, Holds up. Highlander 1 holds up ridiculously well. Mm-hmm. Uh, super entertaining movie. Mm-hmm. And weird. I mean, there's nothing else like it. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's something else like it out there. What about the third one? Uh, did you like that I, one there? You know, I should revisit that. I, I, I saw it in, in a long time ago, and uh, I remember liking it, but it's been like a million years. So now that I have time on my hands... Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I was thinking I should revisit uh, Highlander three, where I think Mario Van Peebles is in it. Yeah, he's as, the villain. As one of the yeah, so you know from New Jack City. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I gotta I gotta see it. I you know it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I there there's some stuff I I want to go back and look at. I have a bookcase that has like a bunch of uh, movies on it and stuff and yeah here recently i picked up like this big box set of like american gangster films it has everything from scarface to carlito's way to um, oh, okay. um what do you call it the the one movie with uh shoot uh johnny depp and uh and Christian. johnny brasco yeah, I think yeah, that's in it. Donnie Brasco's in it. It's a whole like American gangster box. Oh set. no, I know what you're talking about Public Enemies. Public Enemies. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It, it's all. It's like the like a gangster like the gangster movies and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't see. Believe it or not, I did not see Scarface until I was about. I'm 41. I didn't see Scarface mm-hmm. until I was about uh, 29. 
<laughs> oh wow, man! I was, yeah, I was 29 years old. Like my, a- my little brother, my younger brother, younger than me, had the movie, and mm-hmm. he's like, "You ever seen Scarface?" I was like, "No," because he had the poster. She's like, "We gotta watch it." So I sat down and watched it with them. I'm like, "This is great." Al Pacino, man, is so great, and Al Pacino on fire. Yeah, yeah. I remember there were there were there were many years where like I'd be working with film crews and they'd all be quoting Scarface. You know, the Grip Electric guys would be laying out cable and plugging in lights and just quoting Scarface. Say hello to my little friend and all that other stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. And then it was Michelle Pfeiffer's first. Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah, film, man, yeah. She mm-hmm. was she was young in that movie too, man. But mm-hmm. she. She she had a pretty good career, you know, with uh, having Catwoman. yeah, Catwoman. I mean, mm-hmm. she brought a new different meaning to leather when I watched Batman Returns. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say that. Yeah, she oh my god! Di- yeah. yeah, she brought a different meaning to leather when I saw when I saw Scar, uh, not Scarface, but Batman Returns, and that's. Oh, yeah. A while back ago, I went back and watched the uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman. Um, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, oh, Dark yeah. Knight Rises, just to watch, and I enjoyed them. But I I like to go back and watch the classics, though. I love the classics. I love. Those. Oh yeah, yeah. There's they don't get better than that, man. <laughs> yeah, I was you know I was thinking about revisiting uh, Jack Nicholson as the Joker back in uh, that old Batman movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd be curious to see how that one holds up. I remember really enjoying it. Again, I haven't seen that movie since it first came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's it's been a, it's been a long time. I can't tell you when the last time I seen that movie, but that's something mm-hmm. I'd like to go back and visit again just to just to watch there, and it's just so so many things to like go back and sit back and watch again. Um, totally. You mentioned. You mentioned you saw uh, was it Escape from Escape from New York? <laughs> Escape from New York. Oh man, well I love it still. I think it's a great movie. Oh god. Uh, you know it's uh, it's really good because um, you know Snake Plissken is not white as snow. You know he's a pretty dark protagonist, which is really great. Like he doesn't give a fuck. You know it's like the yeah. only reason he's doing it is because the you know he, he's he wants to. He wants to survive. Really, it's like they inject him with the stuff. They're like, you know, uh, it, you know, if you, you, there's no way you're gonna get out of this skin. You know, if you try to escape, your arteries will explode or whatever. So, you know, Kurt Russell is kind of surly throughout the entire movie, which is kind of refreshing. Yeah, you know, definitely like a Riddick type of character where he's not like a great guy or anything, but he's like so badass and so yeah cool and like the cast in that movie is really great you got harry dean stanton and lee van cleef and isaac hayes playing the duke of new york it's really cool cool cast and the locations are really good they they, they filmed i guess it was in um i think it was in detroit or something like that it wasn't in new york right but or cincinnati or something you know, but like there was a big fire in the city, so it all feels like kind of burnt out and decimated. And the locations that movie looked really cool. Yeah, yeah, good movie. Yeah, I have I haven't seen I haven't seen that in a long time. I remember when I was a uh, f- a freshman. Yeah, I was freshman or no sophomore in high school when Escape from mm-hmm. L.A. came out. And oh yeah, <laughs> I, I loved I loved that one too, man. I loved I loved the stuff that was in that one and. Um, 
that was just that was great. I mean, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell, he was a badass. That's when I really liked Kurt Russell. I think he's the best. I mean, like, what a fantastic action hero type of actor. Yeah, I think I, I love Kurt Russell. He's one of my favorite actors. Like now that Quentin Tarantino's using him, I'm like. Perfect, you know, great, always great to see. Like whenever Kurt Russell shows up in a movie, that movie is better. Yeah, uh, you know, it was, it was weird watching Escape from New York today because it starts out with the map of New York, and they, there's a digit like they, they put a giant wall around it. Like New York is a prison, and nobody gets out. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's kind of right now. <laughs> I mean, like people can leave New York right now, but they apparently like they have to be in quarantine. They have to be isolated in quarantine for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So the minute that somebody leaves New York, they got to like be shut in for a while. Like in Rhode Island, there were a bunch of like rich New York people who went out to Newport being like, well, hide out in our mansions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then like apparently in Rhode Island, the police were knocking door to door, being like, "Are you from New York? You know, you gotta, you, know, you, you gotta, you gotta lock yourself up for two weeks." You know, uh, yeah. So it's just it's just crazy to think about. I heard. But yeah, I, I came, I came New York made me think about that. Yeah, that that does sound about that does sound about it because I was talking with a talking with a friend, and they're like, "Yeah, this is almost like Escape from New York because." New Yorkers are escaping, and I heard they were heading to Connecticut, Massachusetts, oh, Rhode yeah. Island, and then more yeah. outbreaks started happening. And um, I was watching this one guy who does a podcast up in um, up in uh, Boston, up there. He does a, yeah. uh, a wrestling podcast, and his uh, new videos pop up on my phone every once in a while. And uh-huh. he's talking about he he just threw a video out there to mention it. And he was like, "New Yorkers, go back to New York. Quit coming up this way." And it, they were coming yeah. down here to Florida, dude. They were coming. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. No, no, I was hearing all about like New Yorkers like heading straight for Florida, <laughs> and it's just like you know you're carrying the freaking virus, you idiot. You know. The, yeah. Good yeah. job spreading it. I know it, it's ridiculous, ridiculous because they they blocked off. They basically blocked off all the state line there. It's like you came oh, yeah. from New York, go back, and they would not let you right. in because we're on lockdown too. We're oh, we're, yeah. we're on lockdown, dude. Mm-hmm. People are still going about their business like nothing. You know, it's yeah. just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, like I, I call back to my family in Rhode Island, and I'm hearing a lot of that too. Where it's just kind of like, eh, you know, yeah. I went to, you know, I was hanging out with my friends, you know, whatever. I was driving around Cape Cod, and it's just like, it's like, man, you know, it's like, didn't you read the memo? The memo said self isolate. Ah, oh, boy. Uh, so I don't know. You know, I know in New York, it's like. Yeah. different planet right now you know it's like you know you you look out the window and all you can see is like a, a post about a post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie everybody's wearing like masks and gloves like um it is extremely weird oh. out there and like you know everybody's bugging out you know uh yeah. like the last time i was outside you know it's like you see people cracking up you know under the pressure of this thing uh-huh. um so it really is, you know, it's like I love horror movies and sci-fi movies, but, you know, I always said I don't want to live in a horror sci-fi movie. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like New York is definitely that right now. It's a fascinating time to be here because, yeah, you know, it's just 
people are under enormous pressure and when people are under enormous pressure they act really weird uh so there's a lot of that going around right now oh, i can i can imagine i can imagine i have i have a niece she lives she lives in new york and i have uh-huh. a cousin i think she lives um she commutes to her job she's a veterinarian in new york and oh cool yeah she she takes the lincoln tunnel every morning and she put a video up uh this was a couple months ago or about a month ago she put a video up of her driving uh through the lincoln tunnel she said this is the quickest i've ever been through here at this time of the day i was like are you kidding me yeah i i couldn't i couldn't believe it I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, that's amazing. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. No, it's surreal. It feels very 28 days later to look at Times Square and see it empty, like wow. empty of people. And you remember the opening of 28 days later, the guy is like walking across London Bridge and it's unpopulated. Yeah. And the thing that, you know, it's like when you watch that movie, the reason it feels unnatural is because cities are meant to be teeming with people. Yeah. And, uh, and New York right now is like a, a very strange ghost town, uh-huh. uh, which is very weird. Right. I can. I, I can. I can only imagine. I was going to ask you, Times Square. <clears throat> Times Square. That's pretty much. That's pretty much. A, it, New York's pretty much a ghost town right now. Everyone's in. Yeah. Or if everybody's in. Or like you said, they got the face mask on, their gloves, and they're going to where they need to go and get back in quick. That's right. You know. That's right. That's 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 crazy. There there's people uh, around uh, here. Weird, in, weirdest. It is, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. Here in Daytona, there is people that's walking around with the mask on, with the gloves yeah. and everything. Uh, pretty much, it's at night when I go outside my side door to let my dog out. Mm-hmm. I usually hear a lot of traffic about nine mm-hmm. ten o'clock at night. I walk. I can like. I can walk outside right now. I don't hear nothing. <laughs> yeah. I don't hear nothing. Wow. Yeah. The first night of lockdown on uh, it, it's the, we've been locked down since April 3rd. That night mm-hmm. at midnight, I walked outside. I sat out there. I looked around. It was like you can hear like a pin drop. I'm like, really? Uh, at this time, wow. Wow. you can hear a lot of stuff going on. But nothing. Yeah, that's like wow. Yeah, that's that is surreal to me because uh, the last time I was in Daytona was early last year, and it's just a happening place. I mean, like there's just a lot going on, mm-hmm. so it's very weird to me to to think of Daytona as being able to hear a pin drop. I mean, that blows my mind. Yeah, I and just just what you said about Times Square. Times mm-hmm. Square is always busy. New York's the city mm-hmm. that never sleeps. And it's like a ghost town. That's crazy. That is crazy, man. Yeah, it's, it's pretty unreal. wild. It is. I said to I said to a friend a while back ago. I said, I wonder how many movies after this is all we get through this all. How many movies that are going to be coming out based off of the the COVID nineteen man? Oh yeah, <laughs> the market's going to be flooded with the with the, a lot of movies because as soon as they're like, <laughs> you could get back out there and do what you could do. People is going to be like, I was like, well, I was in quarantine. I wrote this script for this COVID nineteen movie. <laughs> you know, it's like, what's the odd basis? Because there's so many scenarios, there's so many stuff that you can actually do. I know oh, a, yeah. I know a filmmaker down here in Tampa. 
Beach in Tampa, and she was uh, putting she put a post out there on social media, and she said, "I'm thinking of writing a don't know a dark comedy or a romantic movie about two people in quarantine." And I'm like, "That would be cool, <laughs> just because you can go so many directions, you know." You oh, it's bound to happen. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's going to inform a lot of stories. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no way it can't. It's just like such a. It's like an event that's changing our lives, you know? So mm-hmm. there's no doubt that like stories will come out of this. It'll be riveting. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned about watching Netflix. Uh, next mm-hmm. time you're on Netflix, look at what movies are trending. <laughs> I, I, I had to laugh during the first, the first time I got, um, when I got, when I was looking at what movies are trending, it's like outbreak, the flu, just all the, yeah, <laughs> quarantine. Yeah. I just like, you know, all this, all these like disease flu, like movies are just trending because people's watching it. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> They're they're sitting at home watching this, and then they turn on the news, and that even makes it worse. So they're like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, <laughs> no man, yeah." I mean, all those movies. I don't know. Like the last, uh, you know, I mean, I was in New York for nine eleven, and like I had no interest in watching any of the nine eleven movies that came out afterwards. Yeah. So like, I'm kind of living it right now. I don't really want to watch Contagion. Yeah, uh, but maybe after all the shit is over, like then we can process it and like look at some of this stuff. But right now, I'm perfectly happy to just watch some kung fu, yeah. you know, and uh, and and some aliens and shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. But um, but I but I totally agree with you that like there will be so many. I mean, like all the movies and all the books and all the stuff is going to be informed by what we're going through right now. I mean, there's no way it can be. Yeah. Which I think is great. I mean, it's like if people can use the crazy shit that's happening in our lives and and inform their creativity with it, Uh I think that's got tremendous value. I think that's important. I've always felt that even when we're not in a international crisis, you know, even when it's just like you're dealing with something in your personal life, that's going to inform the work that you do no matter what. Right. Um, so with something like this, it's going to inform that stuff on a massive scale. And I think that's good. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the, you know, movies allow us a way to deal with the stuff that we're going through in our lives. And I think that's important. It is. It like is a quiet, like a quiet place is a movie that I'd be totally into watching right now. I mean, when people watch a quiet place part two, they're going to be watching it having experienced coronavirus. I'm sure it'll change the way that they look at that movie even. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that movie actually, I think last, it was supposed to come out last month and they pushed it. They pushed the release. They pushed it. They pushed it ahead with a lot of releases. But one of the things I thought was great was when everything started going bad with, um, or, or I don't even know if I should use that word. When everything started going and turning like it was, like it is, yeah. What was it? Disney Plus was, went ahead and put Frozen 2 on. They're like, yeah, we're supposed to release this next week, but let's go ahead. We're going to release it this week, you know, to give you give give someone to watch. And then yeah. that movie with, um, I forget her name. She played Peggy Olsen on the show Mad Men, that movie Invisible Man. Invisible Man. I haven't seen it yet. It I haven't seen it. Great. Yeah, it looks it great. great. Yeah, man, that trailer looks freaking awesome, and she's a great actress. Yeah. Yeah. Great actress. Yeah, she's a she's a great actress, and 
that movie was supposed to come out, and they went ahead and just released it on demand. They're like, it's not even going to theaters. Here you go. We're putting it on demand for you because of the, oh, yeah. of everything, the pandemic. And uh, I believe yeah. uh, Pixar had another movie that ended up just going straight to it. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Invisible Man, that's something I should watch now. I mean, like that would be. I mean, like that would be a movie I would want to watch during this pandemic because we can't see the virus. You know, yeah. it's out there trying to get us. We can't see the Invisible Man. He's out there trying to get us. I mean, I, and that movie just looked awesome. Yeah, you know, like so, like really well directed. The trailer, but as you said, I mean, blew me away. Yeah. It's definitely one of those like, oh, I'm going to totally check this out again now that I have time. I have no excuse not to watch Invisible Man. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely gonna. I'm definitely gonna check that out because that looked right. that looked freaking great, man. And oh yeah. Just um, I was I saw an article where AMC theaters may be filing for bankruptcy. I know that breaks my heart. It does, man. Because someone mentioned to me years ago, they said the uh, the future of movies will probably be. You just send it home, and they release them, and you order them. And it's almost coming to that with a few things. But yeah. I enjoy going out to the theater and seeing I love it. Going to the yeah, yeah. I, I do too. And then it's just they can't take that away, man, because it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah. You know? I mean, think about like watching a great horror movie with an audience that's all into it. And then it becomes this amazing group experience. Yeah. You know, I remember the great experiences I've had with audiences, like in the movie theater. Uh, I would never want that to go away. Mm-mm. So, yeah, I mean, AMC, it's like, it's terrible what they're going through right now. It's like, it's really sad, you know, but I, I, I for one, like you, I hope that the, the movie, like the theatrical experience doesn't go away. Yeah. Because... It's a very different experience watching something at home versus watching something with a group of strangers, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you're with, watching something with a group of strangers and you're all being affected by it, that's a really powerful, awesome yeah. experience. Uh, and then seeing something on a big, gigantic screen, like, the, you know, you got big plasma TVs right now, but it's not the same thing as, like, you know, seeing something so large in front of you, mm-hmm. which is kind of epic, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I hope for the best with that stuff, and and hope that when we're on the other side of this thing, there's still like the theatrical option, you know, for a way of seeing a, a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just I I love that experience because it, nothing yeah. nothing t- takes that away because that's right. you, with, when you have that experience and you're in a crowd and you get the you get to laugh, especially with comedies. Oh, yeah. When I was, yeah, when I was a kid, I went and seen the first two Home Alone movies in the theater. I remember mm-hmm. going back and seeing uh, seeing like uh, the first one and the second one. I believe like a couple times, but both times I went to see first and the second one, mm-hmm. the theater was packed and everyone was laughing and just enjoying the movie uh, with just everything that was going on in that movie and you got to experience that and it felt great and yeah with the with the experience something with a live audience is something that it's very special yeah yeah, and if 
you know, with AMC, it just, it, I was like, really? I was like, this sucks. It's almost like Blockbuster going away, man. It's like, no. no. It's like Blockbuster again, yeah. <laughs> I hope AMC hangs in there, but it is tough. I can only imagine, like, how fucking terrible it is for the, for them right now, the, the financial hit that they're taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're taking they're taking a hit, and I hope I hope they get I hope they get through it. I do. I hope they get through it, and I hope like everybody else with everything that's going on in the country. I mean, with sporting events, same thing. No, no, no crowds. Um, wrestling. I I I'm a big wrestling fan. Uh, watching a WWE Monday Night Raw on Friday Night SmackDown with no crowd is just you. Those performers feed off the crowd, and oh yeah, I was, I was talking to friends of mine who watch wrestling, and they were saying how how weird it was. Yeah, <laughs> how completely unlike unnatural it is to like have these press, like uh-huh. you know, just it's yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine watching professional wrestling without an audience. It's, it's just like the audience is like. 90% of the, I mean, you, you realize that the audience is 90% of it and like yeah. they're, perf- they're playing to mm-hmm. the, their, all, all their energies comes from the crowd and they're, and they're playing their personas to the crowd. Yeah. Without the crowd, it's just like, it's, it's nothing like nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's nothing. But a lot of the, a lot of the talent that's in WWE right now were at one point uh, in that were in the independent uh, wrestling circuit and a lot of times when they were starting out, they, they maybe did a show where they had probably like 10 or 20 people. And, wow, okay. And you can, you can tell which ones that know how to, how to perform and put on a match and pretend, oh, I got, the, I got a crowd here watching me. And compared to mm-hmm. like other ones that have not went through that, and it's hard for them, but it, it's weird, man. It's just weird. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting there. It's like, where's the crowd? Because I want to hear the boo. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. You know? It's like you don't hear. The, <laughs> you don't hear that. It's like I'm not going to sit here at home with my own voice thing. You know, like a crowd. <laughs> 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 but a lot of a lot of people a lot of people are trying are finding ways to mm-hmm. pass time whether like you said with music movies mm-hmm. or uh, we you know we talked about video games or just yeah. they're, they're doing something and I would say just you know you got to keep your mind busy and you can always find right. something and like you mentioned you you can find a way to uh, bring something out creative, and you you sent me you sent me earlier today the uh, the video of uh, the uh, Edgar Allan Poe with the actors yeah. and actresses reading it. The bells, I loved yeah. it. I loved it. I cool. saw what I wrote. I was like, wow, moving, and it did. It felt powerful at points, man. It just oh, it was, cool, man. It was great. I, I enjoyed it, and I liked I um. I checked out a bunch of books in high school of Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> I loved oh, it. Oh yeah, I loved. I loved reading. So his, I loved reading. His yeah, stories. creepy as hell. Yeah, creepy, creepy, but very, very creative with his uh, writing and his poems. I I love that. <laughs> um, Robert Frost. I loved a lot of his poems too. Back in high school. Yeah, I remember. Uh, my grandfather used to like reading rubber frost poems and we had all these like woods and trails and paths behind the house and everything like that. And, 
Yeah, Robert Frost always reminded me of where I grew up. You know, it always just kind of reminded me of the woods behind the house and, you know, like walking around out there and stuff like that. So when I think of Robert Frost, I think about, you know, where I grew up, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I I had to do a book report one time in high school, and I decided to do it on uh, a book of uh, poetry from Robert Frost. And mm-hmm. I ended up getting, uh, I remember I got the grade. I don't know what I wrote about, though, but um, I must Very have. Very worked. Yeah, I got a B. I got a B on it. And uh, yeah, my, my reading teacher's like, so you like Robert Frost? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, okay. You, are you sure you want to do this? Uh, I want a creative approach to this. Mm-hmm. You got it. And I turned something in, and I, I remember getting a B. A B, so I yeah I did something right. <laughs> there you go, yeah, I, I did something right. Um, have you uh, have you found any time to pick up anything to to like go through and read? Have you done any reading or on anything? Yeah, let me see now. What are, what was I reading? Um, I was reading a book about slavery from a guy named uh, Frederick Douglass uh, from. Um, in the nineteenth uh, century, that was a pretty good read. That was that was one. Of, it was just one of those books that was sitting on my shelf for like for years. Uh huh. And uh, and and now that there's nothing to do, I was like, well, I have plenty of time to read the books that are just <laughs> sitting there right now. Yeah. So uh, I picked up that one and gave it a read. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, there are all these like uh, crime novels from the from the Midwest. That uh, that arrived in a care package, so it's like all these sort of uh, murder mystery books and stuff like that. That I think I'm going to start reading pretty soon. Nice, nice. Yeah, I picked up a while back ago. I picked up about a couple books. I picked up uh, Ready Player One. I picked up the book. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I have not read totally the book. I've I've seen the movie. I love the movie, but I've not seen yeah. I've not read the book yet. And I found uh, I I didn't know they had a book based off of it. I saw the movie too, and I loved yeah. it. It had Jack Nicholson in it. Uh, One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh, that's great too. No, one flew over the cuckoo. Yeah, two very good books. Yeah, like if you read those back to back, you'd be highly entertained for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, Ready Player One like puts you into this total sci-fi world. Yeah, and one flew over the cuckoo's nest is just a great story, you know, like uh, it's a really moving story. I mean, the ending of that one always gets me. It's really haunting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the The movie I remember the movie watching that, and I I love Jack Nicholson's oh, yeah. performance in it, and so just, good. <laughs> so it is so good, man. And I didn't know they made a book, and I found the book, and I was like, really? And the book's like this thick, and I picked it up, and I'm trying to. Th- yeah, I picked up another book too, which I saw the movie. It was done by one of my favorite directors, uh, David Fincher. You probably, mm-hmm. you probably know which one when I mention it. Fight Club. Not, not. I mean, that's my favorite. Yeah, that's my favorite movie of all time. I have the book. That's one of my favorite movies David Fincher uh, directed and did. Um, uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh shit! I've never yeah. read that book. I, I never saw the film. I never. Yeah, I saw the. I saw the film. The film is dark and gritty, and I was like, man, dark this... and gritty and all fucked up. Oh, but yes. there's like three books. There, there's like three books or something, you know. So once you read Dragon Tattoo, you can just keep going into the darkness, you know. Like those books are pretty fucked up. I hear. 
Yeah, uh, I I heard. So I decided to take a stab at it, and get, uh, and I I picked up the girl with the dragon tattoo. Uh, I think it's the girl who played with fire and the girl who kicked the hornet's nest. Those are the next two right. in the trilogy, which I just found the first one. But I loved I loved how David Fincher. I loved Seven. I loved how he directed Seven. Yeah. And, and then when he did Fight Club, just just mm. my favorite. I, the book the book's a little bit different from the movie. If you've ever read the book, yeah, I have read Fight Club, and it's very different. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I love the film. You know, I, I think the movie like nails it with like great ending. I mean, the twist got me. Uh, you know, and I was not. I mean, like it was. I, I love that movie. But it what it didn't go the way I expected. You know, I thought it was going to be an underground fight movie. Mm-hmm. And then it goes so far beyond that, you know, it's oh, like wild God. territory. I mean, amazing. Like what a, what a mind fuck of a film that is. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is. It's one of those, one of those mind fuck movies that uh, you, yeah. yeah, you, you think it's going one way and then it takes you off this way and you're like, what? Yeah. I didn't see exactly. that. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. I didn't see that. Yeah. I, you know, and then once you know the twist, when you go back and watch the movie, it's a totally different experience, but I, I didn't see the twist coming. And I was very pleased, you know. I, I thought they handled it like Fincher just told that story really well. Yeah, if you you noticed Fincher, he does those. He from what I've seen from him, he's done those like just like dark undertone type feel movies and stuff. And oh yeah, it's just he pulls it off so like beautifully, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just I I don't just how he approaches those type movies. And of course, with the with the big twist and stuff and everything. I mean, when I watched a girl with a dragon tattoo, that was hard for me during that one part when uh, she had the guy there and she's like, just, just. Oh, it gets rough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm like, holy shit! My wife walked in the room because I borrowed the movie from a friend. So she mm-hmm. walks in the room. First, she looks over and uh, she's like, "What the." F- fuck you watch (laughs) i like the girl with the dragon tattoo she's like i thought you were watching some kind of bondage porn film and she walked out (laughs) oh yeah it gets really dark yeah that scene in particular is so messed up oh god yeah it's that part right there gets messed up there but um talking to fight club brad pitt edward norton meatloaf just a great cast there and Really good, Helen. Helen Bottom Carter. I mean, just just great. yeah. I remember. Uh, I remember when that movie came out. I hadn't seen Helena Bottom Carter doing anything like that. I always thought of her as like, you know, drinking tea in a corset or something like that. You know, and then to see her playing the cigarette smoking goth girl, I was like, wow, man, she's she she got way more going on than I thought that I thought she did. So yeah. uh, really good. Yeah, she 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 played she played that she played that uh, character really well, and mm-hmm. I I liked uh, I I liked uh, Brad Pitt. I liked him in that. I like it when he went up there yeah. and he didn't go get her and stuff. And uh, right. she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna kill myself." And she walked up there and she's like, "Who are you?" And then uh, she takes her out of the the apartment there and she's all messed up. And the cops come and they're like, "Please." It's like you have a lot to live for. <laughs> it's just I love that scene how she's getting him out of there and she's laying up against the wall and he's sitting there and just you know just he's so like his just personality is just like so over the top. You know, totally. yeah. 
I just I, I love that. I just love those type of movies there with the over the top characters with the dark undertones. It just attracts me to that. I mean, just it's just fantastic. But um Wow. <laughs> so much going on and oh, I I've been yeah. I've been I've been wanting to get you back on here for for quite a while here. I wanted to get you back on and uh it's uh it's good that you're you're safe, you're quarantined and Yeah, you're safe too, man. Yeah, I since um since I got more time on my hands now, today my wife said uh, we need to go to the store or you what are we having for dinner? And I was like, "Well, didn't you didn't you say you're gonna fix some pasta tonight?" And she's like, "Well, uh, what about fast?" I was like, "No." She looked at me. She's like, "What?" I was like, "No." I was like, "I'm not going out." I said, "I'm only going out if I have to grab something, and I'm coming back in." I said, "I said, um, I said, think of me like this. You know how you get the dog in the doghouse outside, and you come out and you give him his breakfast. He'll come out, mm-hmm. grab the breakfast, go back in." You don't right. see him for a few hours, and then when uh, he uh, you bring him lunch, he'll come back out, grab the lunch, go back in. I said, that's me. I need something. I'm going to yeah. go back out. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to pull it back to my cave, yeah. and uh, that's where I'm going to stay. When, uh, when they say you can come out, it's like Groundhog Day, I'm going to come out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, man. That's basically it, but... I got plenty. I got plenty to do here in uh, in the house here. I got I got plenty to do. Like like I was I I clean I cleaned my floors today and I mopped. I I do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I do that at least twice a week and I do it on certain days. And I'm like, you know what? Because my wife's like, what are you gonna do today? I said, like this morning when I woke up, what are you doing? I said, drinking my coffee. I'm gonna update some stuff on podcasting network see what's going on and then i'm gonna clean the house and she's like okay so yeah i did what i i did what i said she uh she took a nap got up she said she's like heard you run in the vacuum earlier i was like yeah and she's like she's like the floor looks great i'm like thank you (laughs) <laughs> she's like i heard you jamming out the queen earlier i said yes i was i said i said when i get into stuff i gotta have music man i was cranking it i was cranking the sword oh, like yeah. i was talking about and the and she's like and and i was looking at the trimming i said tomorrow i think i'll tackle the trimming <laughs> and she's like okay i was like i was like you know, I'm putting myself on a you know schedule because if um yeah. when, I, when I do get called to go back, you know I don't want to you know be not on a schedule. But if I'm That's right. because I'll fall into a routine, so yeah. So you fall into a routine and it's hard to break. So I don't want that to happen. Right. So I just want right. to stay the same, not unless something dramatic happens. But until yeah, then, man, I hear you. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing all right, and you're uh, Thank you. finding yeah, a lot of a lot of things to a lot of things to do, and um, and one day at a time. Yeah, one one day at a time, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing everything that you have planned. That's in um, that's on halt right now, and uh, mm-hmm. I think it's really creative what you, what you're doing with uh, what you shared with me with the the bells, and uh, I love it. I love it, man. Well, thanks, man. Well, yeah, let's see. We'll see where we're at when we're on the other side of this thing where we can 
you know, return to normal and get back to work. Yeah. And, and you know, it's straight. It's, it's hard for me now because when doing, doing a podcast, doing a show, I mm-hmm. usually, before I in, I ask my guest, I said, what upcoming things do you have going on? <laughs> and I, I, it's like, I got to change it up now. It's like, I, it's like, I really don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. Um, I I guess I gotta create something like on the spot. We'll we'll say, Jeremiah, when do you probably look forward to getting back on track? What is your prediction? Throw well, prediction we'll out there. It, we'll, we'll see when it happens. You know, May, June, whatever it is. You know, until then, I'm just gonna keep inventing stuff. You know, I'm gonna keep finding stuff to do. Uh, and I'm just going to keep creating content until the until we're on the other side of this thing. So I'll leave it with uh, let's just take it day by day, keep making our content, and I'll see you on the other side. Okay, all right, that's I love it, I love it, and thank you for coming on tonight. Thank you. Thank hey, you thank so much. you, man. It's, it's always great talking to you. Oh, it's it, it's always great. Where where can people keep up with you and see your amazing post and stuff that you put out on social media at? Where can people find you? At well, I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Pretty easy to find. Just type in my name, Jeremiah Kip. Jeremiah is a pretty rare name, so I'm pretty easy to find. And then my website is uh, kipfilms.com. So, but uh, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, I post every day so people can find me there. Nice, nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. And before I do close out this uh, podcast, I do want to mention that. um, Not that right there. There we go. I keep clicking the wrong thing. You can keep up with more Everly Show on podcasting.net, your top source of independent podcasting. You can find Everly Show over on Podcast City Network's website, podcasting.net, Facebook, Podcasting Network, and Twitter at podcasting.net. And you keep up with video portions of this podcast and other podcasts on Podcasting Network's YouTube channel, Podcasting Network. And follow and keep up with Podcasting Network right here on twitch.tv slash Podcasting Network. Everly Show right here on Facebook. Everly Show, click that thumbs up and follow. Twitter, you can follow me at the Everett Lower Score Lee, Instagram, Everett Lee Show, and audio portions of this podcast and previous release podcast over on the YouTube channel for Everett Lee Show, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and Podbeam. And ladies and gentlemen, that is it tonight for the Everett Lee Show. Everett Lee signing off. Have a good night. We'll see you again next week for another episode of the Everett Lee Show.